irreverent, entertaining, cool. You're listening to LA Talk Radio. You can support Sapphire Planet by visiting the online store at sapphireplanet.com. Welcome. Your journey is just beginning. You are now entering the Sapphire Planet. The Sapphire Planet. A helicopter is a type of rotorcraft in which lift and thrust are supplied by rotors. This allows the helicopter to take off and land vertically, to hover and to fly forward, backward, and laterally. These attributes allow helicopters to be used in congested or isolated areas, where fixed-wing aircrafts and many forms of VTOL, which is vertical takeoff and landing aircraft, cannot perform. The word helicopter is adapted from the French language helicoptre, coined by Gustave Penton de Armacourt in 1861, which originates from the Greek helix, which is helix, spiral, whirl, or convolution, and pteron, which is wing. Helicopters were developed and built during the first half century of flight, with the Folk Wolf FW-61 being the first operational helicopter in 1936. Some helicopters reached limited production, but it was not until 1942 that a helicopter designed by Igor Sikorsky reached full-scale production, with 131 aircraft built. Though most earlier designs use more than one main rotor, it is the single main rotor with the anti-torque tail rotor configuration that has become the most common helicopter configuration. Tandem rotor helicopters are also in widespread use due to their greater payload capacity. Coaxial helicopters, tilt rotor aircraft, and compound helicopters are all flying today. Quadcopter helicopters, 
pioneered in early as 1907 in France, and other types of multicopter have been developed for specialized application, such as unmanned drones. The earliest reference for vertical flight have come from China. Since around 400 BC, Chinese children have played with bamboo flying toys. This bamboo copter is spun by rolling a stick attached to a rotor. The spinning creates lift, and toys flies when it released. The fourth century A.D. Taoist book Bao Pizu by Ji Hong, which translates as "Master Who Embraces Simplicity." reportedly describes some of the ideas inherent to rotary wing aircraft. The Chinese helicopter toy was introduced into Europe and appeared in Renaissance paintings and other works. Early Western scientists developed flying machines based on the original Chinese model. It was not until early 1480s when Leonardo da Vinci created a design for a machine that could be described as an aerial screw, that any recorded advancement was made towards vertical flight. His notes suggested that he built small flying models, but there were no indications for any provisions to stop the rotor from making the craft rotate. The scientific knowledge increased and became more accepted. Men continued to pursue the idea of vertical flight. Many of these later models and machines would more closely resemble the ancient bamboo flying top, with spinning wings rather than Leonardo's screw. In July 1754, Russian Mikhail. Lomonosov had developed a small coaxial model after the Chinese top, but powered by wound-up spring device, and demonstrated it to the Russian Academy of Scientists. It was powered by a spring, and suggested as a method to lift meteorological instruments. In 1783, Christian de Lannoy and his mechanic. Benevenu used a coaxial version of the Chinese top in a model consisting of a counter-rotating of a turkey flight feather, as rotor blades, and in 1784 demonstrated it to the French Academy of Sciences. Sir George Cayley. Influenced by childhood fascinations with the Chinese flying top, grew to develop a model of feather similar to Lanoy and Benavu, but powered by rubber bands. By the end of the century, he had progressed to using sheets of tin for rotor blades and springs for power. His writings on the experiments and models. Would become influential on the future of aviation pioneers. Alphonse Penadou 
would later develop coaxial rotor model helicopter toys in 1870, also powered by rubber bands. One of these toys, given as a gift by their father, would inspire the Wright brothers to pursue the dream of flight. In the year 1861, the word helicopter was coined by Gustave de Ponte de Americourt, a French inventor who demonstrated a small, steam-powered model. While celebrated as an innovative use of a new material, aluminum, the model never lifted off the ground. De Americourt's linguistic contributions would survive eventually to describe the vertical flight as he envisioned. Steam power was popular with other inventors as well. In 1878, the Italian Enrico Forlanini's unmanned vehicle that was also powered by a steam engine was the first of its type that rose to a height of 12 meters or 40 feet where it hovered for some 20 seconds after a vertical takeoff. Emmanuel Duyade's steam-powered design featured counter-rotating rotors powered through a hose from a boiler on the ground. In the year 1887, Parisian inventor Gustave Trove built and flew a tethered electric model helicopter. In 1885, Thomas Edison was given $1,000 U.S. by James Gordon Bennett, Jr. to conduct experiments towards developing flight. Edison built a helicopter and used the paper for a stock ticker to create gun cotton, which he attempted to power an internal combustion engine. The helicopter was damaged by explosions, and one of his workers was badly burned. Edison reported that it would take a motor with a ratio of 3 to 4 pounds per horsepower produced to be successful based on his experiments. Jan Ball, a Slavic inventor, adapted the internal combustion engine to power his helicopter model that reached a height of half a meter or 1.6 feet in the year 1901. On May 5, 1905, his helicopter reached 4 meters or 13 feet in altitude and flew for over 1,500 meters or 5,000 feet. In 1908, Edison patented his own design for a helicopter powered by a gasoline engine with box kites attached to a mast by cables for a rotor, but it never flew. In 1906, two French brothers, Jacques and Louis Breguet, began experimenting with airfoils for helicopters. In 1907, those experiments resulted in the gyroplane number one, 
possibly the earliest known example of a quadcopter, although there is some uncertainty about the date, sometime between August 14th and September 29th in the year 1907, the gyroplane number one lifted its pilot into the air about two feet for about a minute. The gyroplane number one proved to be extremely unsteady and required a man at each corner of the airframe to hold it steady. For this reason, the flights of the gyroplane number one are considered to be the first manned flights of helicopter, but not a free or untethered flight. That same year, French inventor Paul Cornu designed and built a Cornu helicopter that used two 20-foot or 6-meter counter-rotating rotors driven by a 24-horsepower or 18-kilowatt Antoinette engine. On November 13, 1907, it lifted its inventors to one foot or 0.3 meters and remained aloft for 20 seconds. Even though this flight did not surpass the flight of the gyroplane number one, it was reported to be the first truly free flight with a pilot. Core knew six and a half feet or two meters, but it proved to be unstable and was abandoned. The Danish inventor, Jacob Ellehammer, built the Ellehammer helicopter in 1912. It constructed a frame equipped with two counter-rotating discs, each of which was fitted with six vanes around its circumference. After indoor tests, the aircrafts were demonstrated outdoors and made several free takeoffs. Experiments with the helicopter continued until September 1916, when it tipped over during takeoff, destroying its rotors. In the early 1920s, Argentine Raúl Pateras Pescara de Castellucci, while working in Europe, demonstrated one of the first successful applications of the cyclic pitch. Coaxial contra-rotating biplane rotors would be warped to cynically increase and decrease as they lift they produced. The rotor hub could also be tilted forwards a few degrees, allowing the aircraft to move forward without a separate propeller to push or pull it. Pateras Pesquera was also able to demonstrate the principle of auto-rotation. By January 24th, Pesquera's helicopter number one was tested but was found to be underpowered and could not lift its own weight. His helicopter 2F fared better and set a record. 
The British government funded further research by Pescara, which resulted in helicopter number three, powered by a 250-horsepower radial engine, which could fly for up to 10 minutes. On April 14, 1924, Frenchman Entienne Oemichin set the first helicopter world record recognized by the Fédération Aéronautique Internationale, or the FAI, flying his quadrocopter helicopter 360 meters, or 1181 feet, on April 18, 1924. Pescar from Argentina meet Ochiman's record flying for a distance of 736 meters, nearly half a mile, in 4 minutes and 11 seconds, which translates to about 8 miles per hour, or 13 kilometers per hour, maintaining a minimum height of 6 feet, or 1 in 1.8 meters. On May 4th, Oemekin set the first one-kilometer closed-circuit helicopter flight in seven minutes and 40 seconds with his number two machine. In the United States, George de Bothazat built the quadcopter helicopter de Bothazat helicopter for the United States Army Air Service, but the Army canceled the program in 1924, and the aircraft was scrapped. Albert Gillis von Braunhauer, a Dutch aeronautical engineer, began studying rotorcraft design in 1923. His first prototype flew. Actually, it hopped and hovered in reality on September 24, 1925. The Dutch Army Air Captain Floris Albert van Hegt was at the controls. The controls that Captain van Hegt used were von Braunhauer's inventions, the cyclic and collective. Patents were granted to von Braunhauer for his cyclic and collective controls by the British Ministry of Aviation on January 31, 1927. In 1928, Hungarian aviation engineer Ozegar Asbuth constructed a helicopter prototype that took off and landed at least 182 times with a maximum single flight duration of 53 minutes. In 1930, the Italian engineer Corandino de Escanio built his D-83, a coaxial helicopter. His relatively large machine had two two-bladed counter-rotating rotors. Control was achieved by using auxiliary wings or servo tabs on the trailing edges of the blades, a concept that was later adopted by other helicopter designers, 
including Beaker and Common. Three small propellers mounted to the airframe were used for additional pitch, roll, and yaw control. The DAT-3 held modest FAI speed and altitude records for the time, including altitudes of 18 meters or 60 feet, durations of 8 minutes and 45 seconds, and distance flown of 1,078 meters or 3,540 feet. In the Soviet Union, Boris N. Yeruvi and Alexei M. Cherimunkian, two aeronautical engineers working at the Senatrali Aerodromeshkinsky Institute, constructed and flew the 1EA single-rotor helicopter, which used an open-tubing framework, a floor-blade main rotor, and twin sets of 1.8-meter or 6-foot diameter two-bladed anti-torque rotors. One set of two at the nose and one set of two at the tail. Powered by two M2 power plants, uprated copies of the Gnome Monosopy 9 Type B2-100CV output rotary radial engine of the World War I. The 1EA made several low-altitude flights. By August 14, 1932, Cherimunkian managed to get the 1EA up to an unofficial altitude of 605 meters or about 2,000 feet, shattering Descanso's earlier achievement. As the Soviet Union was not yet a member of the FAI, however, Cherimunkian's record remained unrecognized. Nicholas Florin, a Russian engineer, built the first twin tandem rotor machine to perform a free flight. It flew in Stint Gusny Road at the Labrador Aerotechnique de Belique, now the von Karman Institute, in April of 1933, and attained an altitude of 6 meters or 20 feet, an endurance of 8 minutes. Florine chose a co-rotating configuration because the gyroscopic stability of the rotors would not cancel. Therefore, the rotors had to be tilted slightly in opposite directions to counter torque. Using hingeless rotors and co-rotation also minimized the stress on the hull. At the time, it was one of the most stable helicopters in existence. The Breguet Doran Gyroplane Laboratory was built in 1933. It was a coaxial helicopter, contra-rotating. After many ground tests and an accident, 
It first took flight on June 26, 1935. Within a short time, the aircraft was setting records with pilot Maurice Classé at the controls. On December 14, 1935, he set a record for closed circuit flying with a 500 meter or 1600 foot diameter. The next year, on September 26, 1936, Clase set a height record of 158 meters or 520 feet. And finally, on November 24, 1936, he set a flight duration record of one hour, two minutes, and 50 seconds over a 44-kilometer or 27-mile closed circuit at 44 kilometers per hour or approximately 30 miles per hour. The aircraft was destroyed in 1943 by an Allied airstrike at the Villa Coublet Airport. Arthur M. Young, American inventor, started work on model helicopters in 1928 using converted electrical hover motors to drive the rotor head. Young invented the stabilizer bar and patented shortly after. A mutual friend introduced Young to Lawrence Dale, who once seeing his work asked him to join the Bell Aircraft Company. When Young arrived at Bell in 1941, he signed his patent over and began work on the helicopter. His budget was $250,000 U.S. to build two working helicopters. In just six months, they completed the first Bell Model 1, which spawned the Bell Model 30, later succeeded by the Bell 47. Early motor winged flight suffered failures primarily associated with the unbalanced rolling movement generated when attempting takeoff due to the dissymmetry of lift between the advancing and retreating blades. This major difficulty was revolved, resolved by Juan de Lascivia's introduction of the flapping hinge. In 1923, De La Servia's first successful autogyro was flown in Spain by Lieutenant Gomez Spencer. In 1925, he brought his C-6 to Britain and demonstrated to the Air Ministry at Farnborough, Hampshire. The machine had four-blade rotor with flapping hinges but relied upon conventional airplane controls for pitch, roll, and yaw. It was based upon the Avro 504K fuselage. Initial rotation of the rotor was achieved by rapid uncoiling of a rope passed around stops on the underside of the blades. A major problem with the autogyro was driving the rotor before takeoff. Several methods were attempted in addition to the coiled rope system 
which could take the rotor's speed to 50% of that required, at which point movement along the ground to reach flying speed was necessary, while the tilting the roller to establish auto-rotation. Another approach was to tilt the tail stabilizer to deflect engine slipstream up through the motor. The most acceptable solution was finally achieved with the C19MK4, which was produced in some quantities. A direct drive from the engine to the rotor was fitted through which the rotor could be accelerated up to speed. The system was then declutched before the takeoff run. As De La Serviaz, auto gyros achieved success and acceptance. Others began to follow, and with them came further innovations. Most important was the development of direct rotor control through silic pitch variations, achieved initially by tilting the rotor hub, and subsequently by Austrian engineer Raoul Hafner, by the application of a spider mechanism that acted directly on each rotor blade. The first production direct control autogyro was the C30, produced in quantity by Avro, Lior et Oliver, and Folk Wolf. The production model, called the C30 by Avro, was built under license in Britain, France, and Germany, and was similar to the C30P. It carried small, movable trimming surfaces. Each licensee used nationally built engines and used slightly different names. In all, 143 production C30s were built, making it by far the most numerous pre-war autogyro. Between 1933 and 36, he used one of the C-30As to perfect its last contribution to autogyro development before his death in late 1936. To enable the aircraft to take off without forward ground travel, he produced the autodynamic rotor head, which allowed the rotor to be spun up by the engine in the usual way but to higher than takeoff RPMs at zero rotor incident and then to reach operational positive pitch suddenly enough to jump some 20 feet or 6 meters upwards. Heinrich Folk at Folk Wolf was licensed to produce the Serva C30 Autogyro in 1933. Folk designed the world's first practical transverse twin rotor helicopter, the Folk Wolf FW61, which flew on June 26, 1936. The FW61 broke all the helicopter world records in 1937, demonstrating that a flight envelope that had only previously been achieved by the autogyro. Nazi Germany used helicopters in small numbers during World War II, 
for observation, transport, and medical evacuations. The Flettner F-1-282 Colibri Sinkcopter, using the same basic configurations as Anton Flertner's own pioneering FL-265, was used in the Mediterranean, while the Folk Agelis FA-223 Drock twin-rotor helicopter was used in Europe. Extensive bombing by Allied forces prevented Germany from producing any helicopters in large quantities during the war. In the United States, Russian-born Igor Sikorsky and W. Lawrence LePage competed to produce the U.S. military's first helicopter. LePage received the patent rights to develop helicopters patterned after the FW-61 and built the XR-1. Meanwhile, Sikorsky settled on a simpler, single-rotor design the VS-300, which turned out to be the first practical single-lifting rotor helicopter designed and potentially the best flying one since the Soviet 1EA, which had flown nearly a decade before. After experimenting with configurations to counteract the torque produced by the single main rotor, Sikorsky settled on a single, smaller rotor mounted on the tail boom. Developed from the VS-300, Sikorsky's R-4 was the first large-scale mass-produced helicopter with a production order for 100 aircraft. The R-4 was the only Allied helicopter to serve in World War II when it was used primarily for rescue in Burma, Alaska, and other areas with harsh terrain. Total production reached 131 helicopters before the R-4 was replaced by other Sikorsky helicopters such as the R-5 and R-6. In all, Sikorsky produced over 400 helicopters before the end of World War II. While LePage and Sikorsky built helicopters for the military, Bell Aircraft hired Arthur Young to help build a helicopter using Young's two-bladed teetering rotor design, which used a weighted stabilizing bar placed at 90-degree angles to the rotor blades. The subsequent Model 30 helicopter showed the design simplicity and ease of use. The Model 30 was developed into the Bell 47, which became the first popular helicopter certified for civilian use in the United States. Produced in several countries, the Bell 47 was the most popular helicopter model for nearly 30 years. In 1941, and then again in 1951, at the urging of his contacts at the Department of Navy, Charles Kamen modified his K-225 Sinkcopter, a design for a twin-rotor helicopter concept first pioneered in 1939 
with a new kind of engine, the turboshaft engine. This adaptation of the turbine engine provided a large amount of power to Commons helicopter with a lower weight penalty than piston engines with their heavy engine blocks and auxiliary components. On December 11, 1951, the Common K-225 became the first turbine-powered helicopter in the world. Two years later, on March 26, 1954, a modified Navy HTK-1, another Common helicopter, became the first twin-turbine helicopter to fly. However, it was Sud Aviation Alouette the second, two, that would become the first helicopter to be produced with a turbine engine. Reliable helicopters capable of stable hover flight were developed decades after fixed-wing aircraft. This largely due to higher engine power density requirements than fixed-wing aircraft. Improvements in fuels and engines during the first half of the 20th century were critical factors in helicopter development. The availability of lightweight turboshaft engines in the second half of the 20th century led to the development of larger, faster, and higher performance helicopters. While smaller and less expensive helicopters still use piston engines, turboshaft engines are the preferred power plant for helicopters today. Due to the operating characteristics of helicopters, its ability to take off and land vertically and to hover for extended periods of time, as well as aircraft handling proprieties under low airspeed conditions, it has been chosen to conduct tasks that were previously not possible with other aircraft or were time or work intensive to accomplish on the ground. Today, Helicopter use includes transportation of people and cargo, military uses, construction, firefighting, search and rescue, tourism, medical transport, law enforcement, agriculture, news and media, and aerial observations. A helicopter used to carry loads connected to long cables or slings is called an aerial crane. Aerial cranes are used to place heavy equipment, like radio transmission towers and large air conditioning units, on the tops of tall buildings, or when an item must be raised up in a remote area, such as a radio tower raised on the top of a hill or a mountain. Helicopters are used as aerial cranes in the logging industry to lift trees out of terrain where vehicles cannot travel and where environmental concerns prohibit the building of roads. These operations are referred to as long line because of the long single sling line used to carry the load. The largest single non-combat helicopter operation in history 
was the disaster management operation following the 1986 Chernobyl nuclear disaster. Hundreds of pilots were involved in airdrop and observation missions, making dozens of sorties a day for several months. Helitac is the use of helicopters to combat wildland fires. The helicopters are used for aerial firefighting and may be fitted with tanks or carry helibuckets. Helibuckets, such as the Bambi bucket, are usually filled by submerging the bucket into lakes, rivers, and reservoirs, or portable tanks. Tanks fitted onto the helicopter are filled from a hose while the helicopter is on the ground, or water is siphoned from lakes or reservoirs through a hanging snorkel as the helicopter hovers over the water source. Helitech helicopters are also used to deliver firefighters who rappel down to inaccessible areas to resupply firefighters. Common firefighting helicopters include variants of the Bell 205 and the Ericsson 664 air crane helitanker. Helicopters are used as air ambulances for emergency medical assistance in situations when the ambulance cannot easily or quickly reach the scene or cannot transport the patient to a medical facility in time. Helicopters are also used when a patient needs to be transported between medical facilities and air transportation is the most practical method for the safety of the patient. Air ambulance helicopters are equipped to provide medical treatment to patients while in flight. The use of helicopters as air ambulances is often referred to as medevac, and patients are referred to as being airlifted or medevaced. This was used, pioneered in the Korean War, when the time to reach a medical facility was reduced to three hours from eight hours in World War II and again to two hours by the Vietnam War. Police departments and other law enforcement agencies use helicopters to pursue suspects. Since helicopters can achieve a unique aerial view, they are often used in conjunction with police on the ground to report on suspect location and movements. They are often mounted with lighting and heat-sensing equipment for night pursuits. Military forces use attack helicopters to conduct aerial attacks on ground targets. Such helicopters are mounted with missiles and miniguns. Transport helicopters are used to ferry troops and supplies where the lack of an airstrip would make the transport via fixed-wing aircraft impossible. The use of transport helicopters to deliver troops as an attack force on an objective is referred to as air assault. Unmanned aerial systems, helicopter systems of varying sizes, are being developed by companies for military reconnaissance and surveillance duties. Naval forces also use helicopters equipped with 
dipping sonar for anti-submarine warfare since they can operate from small ships. Oil companies charter helicopters to move workers and parts quickly to remote drilling sites located out to sea or in remote locations. The speed over boats makes the high operating cost of helicopters cost-effective to ensure that oil platforms continue to flow. Various companies specialize in this type of operation. Other uses of helicopters include, but are not limited to, aerial photography, motion picture photography, electrical news gathering, reflection seismology, search and rescue, tourism and recreation. The rotor system, or more simply the rotor, is the rotating part of the helicopter that generates lift. A rotor system may be mounted horizontally, as main rotors are, providing lift vertically, or it may be mounted vertically, such as the tail rotor, to provide horizontal thrust to counteract the torque from the main rotors. The rotors consist of a mast, a hub, and rotor blades. The mast is a cylindrical metal shaft that extends upwards from the transmission. At the time of the mast is the at the top of the mast is the attachment point for the rotor blades called the hub. The rotor blades are attached to the hub. Main rotor systems are classified according to how the rotor blades are attached and move relative to the hub. There are three basic types, hingeless, fully articulated, and teetering, although some modern rotor systems use a combination of all three. Most helicopters have a single main rotor, but torque created as the engine turns the rotor causes the body of the helicopter to turn in the opposite direction of the rotor by conservation of angular momentum, of course. To eliminate this effect, some sort of anti-torque control must be used. The design that Igor Sikorsky settled for on his VS-300 was a smaller tail rotor. The tail rotor pushes or pulls against the tail to counteract the torque effect, and this has become the most common configuration in in helicopter design. Some helicopters use other anti-torque controls instead of the tail rotor, such as the ducted fan called Fantail or Fenestron, and Notar. Notar provides anti-torque similar to the way a wing develops lift through the use of the Kondia effect on the tail boom. The use of two or more horizontal rotors turning in opposite directions is another configuration used to counteract the effect of torque on the aircraft without relying on anti-torque tail rotors. This allows the power normally required to drive the tail rotor to be applied to the main rotors, increasing the aircraft's lifting capacity. There are several common 
configurations that use counter-rotating effect to benefit the rotorcraft. The most obvious one that you've probably seen is the Boeing CH-47 Chinook, and it is the most common dual-rotor helicopter deployed today and is used by the Army and Marine Corps of the United States. Your journey is now ending. You are now leaving the Sapphire Planet. Goodbye from the Sapphire Planet. Own a piece of the planet. Now you can purchase Sapphire Planet merchandise online at sapphireplanet.com.